0: Hi everyone, and welcome to Take 10 for a Torah, number 858. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbi ismach at taketentfortorah.org. Today's ten is sponsored by the Lewis family. Leila Nishmas, Fred Lewis, Father Yitzchak, Ben-Aftali, David, and Levracha. his neshama have an aliyah with the Torah we learn today. And so, uh, I missed a couple episodes last week, and the reason I did so was because I was away. Uh, where was I? I was in Poland on a UJA trip Uh, on a relief mission, uh, just an observation mission, seeing what's going on, all the different charities on the ground over there, what they are doing with the incredible refugee crisis we're all hearing about and watching on the news. And as I shared in my own shul, a lot of the different stories over the course of this uh, past Shabbat, so there was one uh, principle that I shared as well that I think is helpful In characterizing how we're supposed to be thinking in this moment, all these refugees running around, there are a lot of thoughts that people have out there. Some people uh, look at the community as the Ukrainian community, as a community that's not very historically pro-Jewish. There have been a lot of terrible things that have happened to the Jewish people over the course of time, and people wonder, of course there's a Jewish community there that maybe people care a lot about, but perhaps maybe people are less passionate because of the historical baggage that exists between uh, the Jewish community, the Ukrainian community, and over the course of time, you know, maybe people wonder uh, to what extent uh, should we uh, be helping or what extent should we be feeling bad or sympathizing alongside those communities. So I want to just talk about that idea from a Torah Hashkafah. Again, I'm not speaking to anybody who themselves has that personal experience. Maybe their parents told you bedtime stories about this or that. I'm not talking about that. We're talking about in the in sort of intellectual, objective space where we can think about this and wonder about this. What should be our perspective? Towards nations, perhaps, that throughout history have done not such wonderful things for or towards the Jewish people. So we have psukim in the Torah. Many, in fact, that talk about halachos relating to the ger. The ger is usually referring to a ger tzedek, somebody who is a righteous convert, comes from an outside community, adopts the strictures, the practices of Judaism, believes in the Torah, and adopts that fully. That's a ger tzedek. There are other types of gerim. Gerim could also mean a ger toshav, a person who lives in the land of Israel, who keeps the basic seven mitzvot of Noach, and such a person is called a ger toshav. Okay, that person could also be residing in the land of Israel. Many, many times, the Torah refers to a ger, and sometimes it's referring to a ger uh, who is the ger tzedek, the person who comes full way. So, for example, we have v'chiyu agor etchem in Vayikra Yud Teslam and Gimel, v'chiyu etchem ger chem lo sonu oso, a person should not afflict a convert, don't distress a convert. You should love him like yourself. We learn from our proto uh, proto uh, history, uh, where we were initially gerim in Eretz Mitzrayim, We learn this fact that we are supposed to be careful with gerim, how they feel, what it means to be lonely and separate, and and uh, and not from these parts. Rashi there refers to. Don't tell the person lo tomar, lo emesh, yisa, dezerv, balum, lo torah, Don't say to the person Hey, yesterday, you were not a worshiper in here, now you want to come and learn Torah. So it sounds like in this context, for sure, Rashi thinks that we're talking about a ger who is someone who adopted Torah and mitzvos. Okay, so that type of person we have to be very careful with. We have Sukkot and Devar and Yud It talks about over there which is a beautiful idea, a beautiful idea the mitzvah of taking care of Gerim, of let's say gerit and being uh, concerned about their welfare, as, as Those are the times that we find the notion of Ava, and I believe we've talked about that in previous tense, this idea of loving the Ger, loving the convert. But not always do we just refer to somebody who gets all this credit for joining the Jewish people, sometimes Ger seems to mean something else. So for example, in Shemos Parakhov Beis, we have it says there, Vigirlo uh, Sona, similar, don't distress and don't oppress a Ger. Ki Gerim again reminding us that we were once Gerim as well. There Rashi says their Rashi says a person who is a Ger could turn to you and say, Hey, you guys were also once Gerim. What does that mean, you guys were also once ger? Because we were sojourners, we were not Egyptians, and yet we were hosted by the Egyptian people, because uh, Yaakov and his sons needed sustenance, they needed to be able to support themselves when they were in a situation of famine. There Rashi says, Koloshon ger, this is Koloshon ger, Adam shalom nolad medina, a person who is not from these parts. They were not born in this country. They were brought from a different country. They came from a different country. That is a ger. Here Rashi has a very general expression for the word ger. He does not refer to ger yitzedek alone, but it seems to be referring to anybody who's just like nomadic, anybody who's not from around these parts, anybody who is living a life of wandering. Okay, so that would... I don't know, I think incline us to think that this is referring to any sort of gear who is in that position. Remember not to oppress them because you yourselves were the same way. Now the idea of historical memory being applied to bad actions, bad things that other nations have done to us, we do find this. We find this, for example, with Mitzrayim. We find this with Amun and Moab. The Pesukim in Devar and Perakraf Gimel talk about lo yovu amoni'u Hashem, and Amun, male, a Moab, male, may not come into the congregation of Hashem. Gam even the 10th generation, doesn't matter the distance, lo lahem ad olam. Why? The goes on there to explain because when we were traveling in the desert, Amun and Moav did not come to our assistance when we needed assistance. And also Moav specifically hired Bilam to try to kill us, so therefore or curse us to kill us. Lo we should not seek their peace, they, we should not seek the tranquility, we are not big fans of Ammon and Moab, this applies to men, not to women, that's a whole interesting conversation to have uh, vis-a-vis Rus, who came from these nations, etc. But then, right after, it says, Do not abhor the Edomite, because he is your brother, and do not reject the Mitzri, the Egyptian, because you were once a ger, a stranger, a refugee in his After the third generation, that's it, they can enter the congregation of the Jewish people. Whereas Amun and Moab, who did not serve us drink, or hired somebody to try to kill us, uh, but were unsuccessful, unlike they, who are restricted from joining the Jewish people forever, these people are only, uh, the Egyptians, only restricted for three generations. Now this is obviously a very curious point. Difficult to understand why it would be that Amramov is treated so harshly, and let's first focus on why it is that the Egyptians are not the Egyptians who you would think are one of, of the biggest villains in Jewish history. So Rashi there says, "Mikolvako, do, do not abhor the Egyptian at all." Alpha zarko zechurem are even though they killed your babies, even though they practiced infanticide, do not do not reject them. Matam. Rashi says why. Because they were our hosts when we desperately needed it in the time of Yaakov. Now that's amazing. It's amazing that that value of having been hosted, that we were so vulnerable and they assisted us, will act to wipe away all of the evil that they did, so that after three, three generations, and it could be, it does require three generations for people to forget, for people to not feel that emotional pain, so, uh, but after that point, it seems that we are supposed to be able to figure out how to move on. The Ramban explains that the reason and Moav is treated so harshly is because and Moav is actually a nation which is incredibly ungrateful. and Moav, their progenitor, Lot, who is the father of both Ammon and Moab? So Lot was saved only because of Abraham. And these two nations, instead of revisiting what was done for them with kindness, they do the opposite. So because they are ingrates, they can never enter the Jewish people. That's an important idea as well. But let's focus on the Egyptians. The Egyptians, in spite of what they did, they are to be included. Reverse says even more beautifully: He says, The Torah still warrants even the latest generation of Israel. Your forefathers once found a home in this land. In his land, and therefore shall you know yourselves grateful to the Egyptians, no matter into what unkindness they later transformed this hospitality, what atrocities, what slavery, what hardships and disdain they later inflicted on them. The good shall you remember, the evil forget. There is a lesson in this for the Jewish people who are once more scattered over the face of the world. Learn to forget the centuries of oppression and misery, of the inhumane scorn and the inhuman degradation, which folly and lack of understanding brought upon you when you're wandering in the gullus, and remember gratefully the good that you find everywhere and still find. And when you yourself find merely an abode are allowed only a pitiful existence and even for that be thankful. Show gentleness and love to every citizen of that state and have, they have, that have welcomed you and have given you their protection. Let him learn from you the love that he has denied you. The verse says, and he goes on, but he says, this is found in of chapter 91, that it seems that we are supposed to forgive and forget and be better than those who have treated us poorly. That seems to be the point of Rashi, to forget, to be able to move on, and remember the fact that we were gerim, and they did good for us, in spite of the fact that at certain points in history, they did poorly. Now, of course, that might only be after the three generations. It might be after the the emotional scarring is done, but on an intellectual basis, that seems to be the way we ought to be thinking. Have a good day.